I was late. Shit. <laughs> Your prep stroke was too high. Too much, too much. Prep. I'm excited for this one. We, Evan and I have been talking about having having this guy on this podcast for three weeks now, I think, and we finally get to sit down with him today. Yeah, we've you've got... never met him before. I have met Andrew previously a couple times, so he's really tall. Yeah. And of course, the Andrew we're talking about, if you've listened to the last few podcasts, is Andrew Kane, the uh, center tenor player for the Cadets from Bugle Corps this past summer. So Past two summers, right? Mm-hmm. Were you the center last summer, too? Yep. Oh, cool. So, welcome, everyone. This is Aged Out Podcast, episode eight. We're almost to number 10. Is it eight? Yeah, this is number eight. Dude, I can't keep track. We started like two months ago. Well, well, no, it's like three months ago. It's true. Pretty strong, man. Yeah, yeah. Keep so, it going. As always, I'm Mike Fantini here with me as usual. Evan Worrell. And, and like we I said, joined by our guest, Andrew Kane. Cool. What's up? So we'll start today. I want to just give Andrew an opportunity to talk about his history in the activity. Yeah, he's kind of got a different path to the state of Kentucky than the rest of us. So yeah, Evan cool. and I are from here. He's all the way from New Jersey, right? Yep. So I'll let him take it away here and kind of we'll just. I'm sure, sure we'll go off on tangents at some point. Yeah, but. just kind of how you got into drumming and band in general and when you started and right, kind of yeah. go from there, man. Uh, so just to run it down, my marching career. I started at Cadets 2 in 2012. It was the, the course first year in existence. And then marched there in 2013 again. How um, old were you? I was a junior mm-hmm. in high school. Dude, that's so young. the summer of my junior year of high school, yeah. Was so Travis Peterman there when yeah, he first was. started? Yep. He's, he's weaseling his way into everything. He's taking <laughs> over the world. Dude, he's smart. He's just right place, right time. Yep. Right. Takes advantage of it. So I did two years there, took 14 off, and then marched at the Colts in 15, and then made my way over to Cadets in 16 and aged out this past summer in 17. Awesome. So how I started drumming, um, it's funny. I was actually at like my pediatrician one day, just like, going for a regular checkup when I was in probably like fourth or fifth grade. I don't remember <laughs> exactly when. And a couple doors down, I saw a sign on the window that was like free drum set. Okay, cool. Like I'm going to go check this out. And it was free like drum set. Well, yeah, it, it was sounds like, like a trap. It's <laughs> right. like a Craigslist trap. Yeah. Or something. What's the catch? So I walk in there and I'm with my dad and like on the TV is some old school Vanguard, just like playing and everything it's like one of those on the tv in your doctor's office no not in the doctor's office in this place that had the sign on the window okay Okay. yeah so i walk in there and there's vanguard on the tv and i'm just talking with this guy and everything he's like yeah so free drum set if you sign up for like four months of lessons um Mm -hmm. like once a week with that so i was like okay that's cool so i walked out of that store with a brand new drum set that night so that was cool what brand do you remember what brand it was yeah it was ludwig dude that's solid Uh, four months of lessons probably does not even come close to like was it a new drum set or yeah it was out of the box yep dude that's dope how are they not losing tons of money Uh, well it was just it was just one guy (laughs) and this guy is tom brown from who Tom Brown. I don't know him. He marched Vanguard Snare Line a couple years. Okay. And Back in the day. Just, yeah. Okay. And just lives in New Jersey. Um, Random. He actually cool. funds a scholarship that Vanguard gives out every year, which one of my friends at Moorhead actually got. That's so dope. Dude. Talk about a small world. Give him back, dude. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. Um, so that's how I got started in drumming. And then from then, I was just super inspired by my high school's marching band. Like, I always thought that was really cool. My dad marched drum corps. He was in the Patriots. What? 
however many years ago that was. Not yeah, to, not to date him. Never back. even heard that. Right. And I'm just over here like, yeah, I saw the movie Drumline. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gross. Wanted to do it. But yeah, he played trumpet, so I actually played trumpet in fourth grade and was like, nah, this ain't my thing. So switched over to drums and got hooked and then got super inspired by like the drum line and would always go like watch the marching band rehearse at the high school and kind of did that thing. And then eventually it came to my time to be in the drum line. And when I auditioned, I was the only person who hadn't been in the drum line who knew what tenors were just because <laughs> like I had been to drum course shows with my dad, like since I was like seven or eight years old. And I actually had a Zymox quad pad before I was in high school. Dude, like one of the, I guess, like this. Yeah, like the new, the like small. The, okay. Yeah, like the like blue smaller, rubber. Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like smaller than your standard set. So yeah, I did that, and I was on my high school's drum line, and actually, um, the guy, not well, I guess even the first year too, like the main battery guy was Tim Hickson, who went to my high school, and he marched in the cadet center line for a year. Um, you know what year? Um, I want to say either eight or nine. 08 or 9? Yeah. So he would have marched. Dude, I was supposed got, to march. Probably 08. I think actually 08. No, 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 he might have been that dude. Was he on the end? No, I'll have to look him up. He got hurt and didn't finish the season no, by like no, maybe no, a week it wasn't him. If he was 09, he would have marched with Tom. Because Tom marched cadets in 09, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then the second year, my battery tech was Andrew Rubano, who also marched cadets I've for that name before. two years. Mm-hmm and uh in the quad line at the cadets and he was like the main battery tech guy so doing everything and he wound up being my tech at c2 and that's kind of kind of how i got hooked on c2 okay because yeah, i was gonna go out for like surf or something or maybe raiders he was like no nah, come do c2 cadets like, 2 was cool. probably better than surf or raiders probably yeah plus you were learning from someone you get to continue your i guess your the, knowledge from someone who marched like cadets right that's to that yeah. whole connection yeah. all right right on so then, worked my way through high school, did Cadets 2 in high school, which was kind of weird. I had to miss a couple of days of band camp because I was doing a show <laughs> on the weekends. Yeah. I think that's an exception they're willing to make. Right. You're marching drum corps, uh, you're fine. I Go was ahead. actually kind of nervous for it, though, because both of the band directors were, like, super strict. And I went to one of the band directors, he was like, I don't know, talk to the other one. I'm like, I don't want to hear about this. And the other guy was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I'm like, we'll see you when you get there. Like, okay whatever it's like in, it's not like you're you, missing their band to do like oh, i have this like soccer game or something. right it's like i'm actually getting better right. at my craft and like, it's like at the high school i teach at in louisville there was a girl that marched trumpet for oregon crusaders this summer so oh, she cool. missed all of band camp but she comes she's back she's like bored better all the time than so she's better right. than everybody else yeah. and she just picks it up super fast she's yeah. 14 too holy that's crap. crazy that's so young so cadets too is like they just is like the weekend yeah warriors it's, it's type DCA. Gig. yeah so I, I knew that most of them, I didn't know that all of them are modeled that way, I guess, the weekend thing. So you'd like go in Friday nights, I guess. Mm-hmm. We rehearse for a couple hours on Friday night, do a run through. So it's very similar to like, I guess, a drum corps camp experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just all... outside. Yeah. Just outside. Yeah. Where yeah. it should be. Right. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> well, it's warmer, I guess, at that point in the summer, obviously, than right, yeah. going to like a cadet's camp in New Jersey in the middle of winter and freezing i went to a cadets camp i think it was in camden and when i went it was a not a glamorous place right (laughs) to have audition so cadets too and then you did the high school gig and so you did that was your senior year high school yeah okay so yeah i did a summer and then i was a senior and then i did another i guess that's probably a good transition though for like especially a high school kid 
because one of the things that really turned me off from marching drum corps my senior year of high school, like I had the opportunity to basically march Glassman in 07, mm-hmm. which would have been just graduated high school in March, but I don't think I was mentally ready just yeah. to handle that beating all summer. Right. And G West completely turned me off because that housing site that they have is a complete <laughs> crap Not hole. Good. I mean, I was in the same um, boat my, my senior year of high school. I almost made Glassman for the 09 summer, and I – I ended up marching the next year at Blue Stars, but after that experience, I was, looked back a year. I was like, I was not ready for this a year ago. I would have. I don't know. I don't know if I would have made it. I don't know, like physically made it. I mean, like I just right. wasn't mentally or physically at that level. I mean, even that first summer in thin and after a year of college was super hard. Hmm. Like it's just, just beats on you. So would you say that was kind of like an easy transition? Yeah, it was nice getting the ass beaten on the weekends and being able to recover during the week. Yeah, just go home, sleep in your bed, right. get back to real life. That yeah. brings something up that I've mentioned to him a lot. Because <laughs> him and I have like sort of gotten into fitness kind of pretty, uh-huh. weightlifting and stuff. And the way the human body works is you got to have recovery time, right? Right. On tour in DCI, you never do. Right. Your body just continuously gets beat down and beat down and beat down. and you're... So I feel like it works in DCA to have that week off. They can beat the crap out of you for two and a half days, but you're going to come back pretty strong. Like you're going to come back stronger mm-hmm. because your body's then got five, which is more than it needs, but it's still plenty of time to rebuild everything. Right. So having done both, obviously there's less rehearsal time in DCA. Yeah. But do you think that having that break, you, how do I want to word this? Can't, you know what I'm getting at? Anymore? I think I kind of understand what you you're saying. You get the recovery. You're not getting the rehearsal time as far as getting the consistency. But, but does the recovery time the, for the body make up for that some, you think? I think it does, definitely. I would feel like fresher, obviously, coming in at the beginning of the weekend than at the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing it every day, you get conditioned a certain amount. And yep. like it becomes easier, obviously, as the summer goes out. Yeah. Um, as far as like injuries are concerned, if you get a stress fracture on tour, like it's going to be a stress fracture until you like literally stop. You can't just, it's yeah. not just going to go away. So that on that aspect, it was nice. Cause if I like rolled my ankle or something on the weekend, it would be fine by the next weekend. Yeah. But as far as physicality is concerned, I've even told the cadets two guys this summer, cause I was with them for the last couple of weekends. Um, because their finals was Labor yeah. Day weekend, yeah. And I told them, I was like, Cadets 2 is so much harder than Cadets. Just because it's like the cadet rehearsal technique times 10 because you only have two and a half days to do it. And they're trying to cram it all in the weekend. Yeah. So you don't get you don't get that conditioning by doing it every day. Right. Do you think you could find a middle ground where DCI, give the cores one day off a week, by DCI implements this, mm-hmm. like Sundays or Saturdays or thursdays i don't care what day it is you are not allowed to practice i think that would be really beneficial once a week one day a week no Maybe. one will do it unless dci forces them to because the blue devils do it well <laughs> to a degree because right. no one's willing to give up that rehearsal time yeah because they think it's going to hurt them that much having learned what i've learned about the human body and fitness and muscle growth and development and getting stronger there has to be some upside to that I think too many drum corps would view it as like a waste of time, yeah. even though it's not like you're setting this aside to recover, but they'd just be like, man, we could be doing something right now. Right. <laughs> or maybe if it was just during like spring training or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you're all centrally located in right. one spot. That would be fine too. Yeah. I don't know. But because even professional athletes, um, now granted, 
this discussion's happened a lot comparing drum corps to a professional sport. Athletes have to perform once a week, probably. Well, baseball and basketball, it's multiple times a week, but it's not every day, 12 hours a day. Right. Like, I, a friend of mine, she studied exercise physiology through graduate school and everything, and she was like, yeah, most professional athletes' weight training and cardio training programs are five days a week. They, they take two full days where they are not allowed to do anything. They might stretch or something, and that's it. And I don't know. If professional athletes are doing it that way, and you want to treat these people that do drum corps as a you basically are a professional athlete. Right. Like, minus the money, obviously. But for all intents and purposes, you're, you're a professional. It's a big minus. <laughs> Very opposite. <laughs> but, yeah, minus, minus that, you're basically, in my eyes, you're a professional athlete. Especially if you're in one of the top 12 cores mm. at that point. The difference to me, though, in the professional athlete comparison, though, is they do that preparation and training all year long, basically. Right. Also true. Not just for three months out of summer. But. That's something else. I think drum, well, you should be doing drum corps yeah. members should be i want to do an experiment and i've told him this i might have even mentioned it on here i if i get the opportunity at some point to work with a drum corps i would want to and hard part is you can't enforce it because everyone's dispersed all across the country in the off season during the camp season i want to like after the drum line is set or you could test it with a snare line first just do one subsection of the battery and they make it you physically evaluate their bodies where they're deficient, where they're strong, and you develop a tailor-made workout program for person A. It's like, all right, dude, you're going to lift four days a week, and you're going to do cardio once a week, and then you're going to do this, whatever. And if you come in to spring training with more muscle mass, and I don't mean lung capacity. Right. I'm talking size, muscle endurance, strength. It's going to be that – you're going to be that much better off because both summers that I marched by the end – by finals – I couldn't do anything physically but that show. Yeah. March and play that show. I had no muscles on my body. I was like an extreme marathon runner. Like, I couldn't do anything but that show. And I just remember thinking, like, just, if I would have come in 15 pounds. Did you pound- glucose? You guys didn't move. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We didn't move a whole lot. That's true. But I, I don't know. I would love to do that because I think now of how strong, much stronger I am physically now than when I was marching. Yeah, I don't have the endurance I did, but I could probably march a drum more effectively right now with the strength and the way I'm conditioned right now than I could when I was doing it. Right. Because I've been taking my physical health seriously and diet and all that stuff. I think it just all goes along with treating yourself like an athlete first because you are. When you do drum corps, in my opinion, you're an athlete at that point. Yeah, you're also a musician, but I don't know. Well, Swing back, full circle here. Now that we got on that tangent, which will happen, but that's all right. So you did the Cadets 2 thing, graduated high school, and then we were talking, I guess, a little bit about this before we started. You, I guess at that point, were in the middle of auditioning for like what you want to do for college, yeah. moving along, yep. and you said you went to a bunch of different places yep. across the country, didn't care about where. So UMass is pretty close to you, right? No, that's pretty far. Still. Is it? Yeah. It's like... Four and a half, maybe five hours. Okay. I guess maybe I'm thinking relative. Four and a half, five hours from home. Butler in Indiana, is yep. that what we said? Mm-hmm. And then Moorhead yep. State here in Kentucky. Uh, North Texas? North Texas. Yep. You yep. went to North Texas? Yeah. That's a long haul, too. Yep. That's a big school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> turned me off. Just because how big it was? Yeah. Yeah. You get to learn from GAs until you're like Right, exactly. GA yeah, I was talking to Mark Ford, and he was like, 
yeah, you'll be one of probably like 70 freshman percussionists. And I was like, what? It was literally like 70. Holy cow. That would be insane. Yeah. But yeah, and then I also went to Middle Tennessee. Okay. Audition for Lalo. Uh, Lalo there? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just a couple local colleges. Rowan University. Not Rowan University, but Rowan University. Rowan University. Yeah. Dude, uh, Lalo's sticks, his like concert percussion sticks or whatever, uh, they feel great. Yeah, I like them too. Those ones that I have in my house, they like have some weight to them. It's not like just flimsy snare sticks. Like, dude, these feel great. They're good for private lessons for young students mm-hmm. with small hands still because they have a little beef to them. So you can actually like play a marching technique for right. them and there's some weight in your hand still, but it's not like a full like Tomong stick and a nine year old. the indoor stick, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyone, I guess Dartmouth probably uses those. Probably. Yeah. We use them this summer for a hot minute. Did just, you? Just the quads, yeah. Nice. Did you break a lot of them? Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Bang! Rim shots. Gone. So, Moorhead State doing the whole college gig, and you said, was it, I guess, just like the persistence or like his desire to really, he like, he you felt like he you were wanted there, that right. drew you there? Yeah, he was just really friendly. He is in Brian Mason. Yes. Dr. Mason. Dr. Dr. Brian Dr. Mason. Dr. Brian Mason. Dr. Brian Mason. 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 He earned Brian that title. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the like audition semester, he called me maybe like once a week after I had, had auditioned. It was just checking up. Like, wasn't necessarily pushing Moorhead, but just wanted to know like what I was thinking. Asking how things were going. Right. Stuff. That's and cool. I didn't really, obviously at North Texas, I didn't receive anything like that. But any of the other schools I got, I never really felt that connection with the professor yeah. that I auditioned for. That's cool. And it was really nice. And the Moorhead studio is obviously a lot smaller than North Texas, so you oh. know you're going to get that time like with him, like the people that are like the department chair, the guy with the doctorate right. degree. So that's a, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, shout out to Moorhead. What up? Go Eagles. Go Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Beaker. 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 <laughs> Mascot. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. You know, you would never think that a school like Moorhead out in the middle of Eastern Kentucky, there's been a lot of really good percussionists come out of there. Not even just in the DCI DCI arena. I mean, in that arena, you had like J.J. Pipitone. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. He went to Moorhead State in Kentucky. Um, who else is there? There's Eric Ward, if Eric you know who Ward. he is. Worked with the cadets for a long time. I think he teaches at Troy University now. Yeah, he's in Alabama yeah. now. But he, yeah. went to, he was at Moorhead for a long time. Um, all those dudes. You were mentioning Pat Petrillo. Yep. Yep. Forgot about him. He's like a touring famous drum set player. Like he's. Well, I think that another. I think Kevin Murphy, uh, who's a drum set player for um, Randy Hauser. I think that's where he played. Doogie he's, Hauser. Doogie Hauser. Randy. Hauser? I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> but he went there for a short hot minute. Um, just I don't know. There's a lot of hidden gems from people. For sure. So you took lessons with Pat Petrillo. Yep. yep. When did, how old were you when you started that? Um, I think I was either my late sophomore year or like early junior year, but he came. I had never even heard of heard of him, never seen him before. Um, a lot of drum set players for or famous people go unnoticed. Like, yeah. There's a lot of them out there, and only a few of them are really well-known. Right, yeah. always been weird to me. Yeah, I heard that uh, one of the girls in the – oh, okay, I was a sophomore because she was a freshman. Um, one of the girls in the guard's dad, who was Pat and his daughter Karina – marched on Bridgman's airline and was like at rehearsal sometime like trying to put trying to do some input stuff just seeing what was up and then he actually came and did like a master class like clinic something like that it was more of 
performance oriented. That's cool. Just for all the drummers there. And after that, I was like, I need to take lessons from you because he was a monster and yeah. still is a monster. And that's how that got started. He's always posting videos of uh, like kids he's teaching lessons. Yeah, just yeah. nasty. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, dude, these kids are funky. <laughs> Throwing down. Yep. Like eight it's years cool. old. Yeah, they're like playing with a metronome on a pad, just like right. working like rudiments and stuff. I'm like, that's what's up. Gotta start kids young. Yeah, man. So that's kind of, I guess, how you found out about Moorhead from him. Yeah, definitely. Because no one would like just randomly look up and be like, best colleges in Kentucky. Let's go to <laughs> Kentucky. Actually, though, Moorhead is not the only Moorhead in the United States. There's no, the a, other one has double O, I think. It's in yeah, um, O-O-R-E. Like Minnesota, isn't it? It's up north, I think. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was like South Carolina or something. We'll never know. I know there's a Moorhouse. I know there's a Moorhouse College. It's a it's Moorhead State, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it's yeah, it is. Instead there of the is one. one. I, don't know. I wonder if they have the same Heavy mascot. Gear. That'd be hilarious. That would be funny. The Eagles. Beaker. <laughs> they also have a beaker. Uh, we were there when Beaker became like a devil bird. Like it, it oh, became yeah. evil with a real sharp pointed beak. Right, yeah. It wasn't like happy. Is he still like that? They yeah. Uh-huh. He makes like the pterodactyl sound call at the football game. <laughs> <laughs> but When's this alumni drumline happening? Dude, I don't know. Mason's been talking about that. Yeah. To me, he's like, yeah, when you have alumni drum, I was like, I will come. It would be so down. good. That'd it would be, be so good. There's been so drum, many man. good drummers that have come through there that are alumni now. And a lot of them are actually pretty close around yeah. here. So. Be a lot of fun. Mark Casey asked me to do the UK alumni drum line. I was like, yeah. Where, did you go to I UK? No, I didn't go to UK. So he's like, yeah, you? we're trying to get other people too. I'm like, well, it's not an alumni, it's not an alumni line. drum right. line. You're just trying to cheat. Right. You're cheating, man. I know a bunch of people that do that too. Like, Flack still does it and stuff, but yeah. I'd go back there. I have not set foot on Moorhead's campus since I graduated in 2013. No, no group I've they, worked like, with. They like build a bunch of new dorms and stuff now. Yeah. I'm sure it's different. Yeah. But. All right. Just gone. Again, getting us back on track. So, chose to go to Moorhead. So, I guess you took a year off in 14. Was that your freshman year of college? Yeah, the summer of my freshman year. Okay. And so then you ended up at Colts. How'd you get hooked up there? Um, I actually auditioned for Crown and Cadets that year and was cut from both of those places. Okay. Um, and then a guy who marched in the Cadets quad line, uh, Tim Seppi, was the quad tech at Spartans that year. And I was just talking with him and he was like, yeah, you should come do Spartans. And I was like, well, the reason I was cut from like Crown and Cadets is because I didn't have any world-class experience. Yeah. They wanted me to go somewhere else. So he marched with Travis OP, who was teaching at Colts, and that's how I got that hookup. Okay, cool. That's solid. Yeah. Solid gig. Get the full-on tour experience. Right, yeah. See, kids, everyone starts somewhere. Very few people, we've said it before, we'll say it again, very few people start at the top. They're Blue the Coats ex- are my favorite. I'm going to march there. Yeah. Um. They're the, those people that do that are the exception. Doesn't normally does not happen that I'm way. The exception. Public service <laughs> announcement. Uh, but yours and I like had flip flop experience. Like, you weren't feeling the crown vibe, and vice versa. I guess mm-hmm. they weren't feeling you. Right. I was feeling the cadets vibe, but then things happened, and they kind of burned me. And I was like, screw that. I'm never going back there. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was cut. I was actually basically in the line in 14, and then was cut super late. At Cadets? No. Yeah, at Crown. Okay. Yeah. Was cut super late, like maybe two months before spring training, something like that. At the... Was Bricky still there in 14? I don't think so. Uh, Oxier? Oxier? Josh Bricky. Oh, I thought, you were, I thought you said Bricky. No. Uh, I don't think anybody that was there then when you got cut is still there now, except maybe Hannum, but... Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
But yeah, so I got an email the Monday after camp that said I didn't have a spot anymore. The Monday after? Yeah. They didn't even and tell you month, what month was that? Like February and March. Uh, they didn't even yeah. tell you at the camp? Yeah. They were, and they didn't even like call me. <laughs> it was an email. That's pretty From shady. the snare tech. Not so even the was quad it tech? tech? No, it wasn't even the... Uh, no, it was Sharif. Oh, really? Yeah. Reefer's probably like, I don't even know this kid. Right, yeah. <laughs> He's not auditioning for my instrument. <laughs> Reefer was the center. Uh, Sharif, we call him Reefer. He was the center my first year at Crown. Super chill dude. So he's probably like, you guys are making me do this. Yeah. <laughs> I can just picture that. Right. But that sucks. Who was the quad tech there? Um, what's his name? Paul Winnell. Paulie. Come on, Paul. We, we marched X with Paul. Right, yeah. In 2012. Mm-hmm. I'll yell at him next time I see him. Can't even cut kids yourself. <laughs> I just doing? feel like Paul couldn't do it because he'd just be smiling. He's too nice. He'd be like, right. He's too nice. Yeah, yeah me, and him, me and him are good buds now. He, <laughs> yeah, he I came love out Paul. a couple times with Yamaha. Okay. And we would just talk. Right, he is working for Yamaha now, yeah. isn't he? Out in Cali. Yeah. That was kind of like the opposite of my cadet, or like your crown experience was like my cadet's experience. Like in, I, don't, I think it was January. Anyway, Tom Mobs was there. And it's the only reason I have Tom's number on my phone today. But. <laughs> He uh he gave me a spot. He's like, yeah, man, you're my eight out of nine guy. He loved me. At that time, like they had the cadets past years audition material in the books, and so I chose to learn to learn the 2007 like drum feature. I just went in there with like the visual and rocked it. Just threw it down. He was like, awesome. And he, he gave me a contract that weekend. You're in. A, you have a spot. You're in. Great. Awesome. Then the next weekend, Tom wasn't there because him and Colin were still in there together and Colin cut me for a UMass kid even though I'd already signed a contract and turned it in so I was just like didn't you already bring money that weekend too yeah I'd already made a deposit (laughs) yeah I'd already paid all my tour fees for (laughs) oh Oh my my god brutal oh that yeah so I was super salty uh pissed off about it I actually went home and burned my Carolina Crown lanyard (laughs) (laughs) I set it on fire (laughs) I don't blame you at all I'm sending a bad juju their ways Tom called me he's like dude I'm really sorry about the way things happen we want you to come back I was like I don't want to come back yeah like clearly Colin doesn't want me there he's gonna be there I don't want to be around that Colin was around more that summer than Tom was I think that vibe was like yeah completely shot and Crown ended up beating cadets that year and stuff and like they kind of had that whole cadets ish vibe now with like zach slicker who was the, at the time like the snare tech and mm-hmm. stuff and so i was like i'll just go to crown whatever it's a pretty good choice yeah so it worked out but that's funny yeah so then after cults you ended up going back to i guess you decided i'm not going back to crown right so <laughs> uh well yeah i'd always wanted to be a cadet because obviously i started out at cadets to northeast yeah yeah man. I wore Cadets the, are beloved and sacred up there. Right, yeah. They're the deal up there, yeah. man. The I deal. wore the, the maroon and gold with the stripe. I was the last person to wear the stripe down the pants. Oh, Because they don't do that anymore. Classic look. Awesome. So, and uh, Rabana, my quad tech, was a cadet, too, yeah. uh, in high school. Cool. So, he um, kind of turned me on to that. But, yeah, I went back to cadets, and that was fun. So, and how did you get the center gig your first year? Just It was a rookie line. All of it. And I was, like, the only decent person at the first camp. So they gave me a contract at the first camp. And then they were like, find other people to come. Yeah, basically. So, so it was funny. We actually, um, that was one of the years that Cadets Winter Percussion was around. And they would always rehearse at the same housing site that we had camps at. Okay. Yeah. So we like recruited a couple of them to just come out. And two of them made the line. And then the other two dudes were UMass kids. Okay. 
Travis um, is probably like Travis Peterman's like, don't steal my kid away. I want him to go to crime. Right. Yeah. Well, now he, Travis has set up the whole George. He's moved on to George Mason University. Yeah. And their audition packets for Crown and George Mason are the same. Yeah. Same package. He had made a post about yeah. the other day. He's like, for the first time ever, right? It's the exact same. It's smart. <laughs> yeah, why it's not? smart. Right. Set up a feeder. Set up a feeder system. Basically, yeah. that's what he's trying to do. We'll get into this later, but I think that was kind of a big mistake of the cadets' organization to let that oh, go. Oh yeah, because they were good. Uh, right. Yeah, they were and good. it was just like a direct connection. I think part of the issue that I've heard through the grapevine is that. George Hopkins had with it was the money that it cost and also not all the kids that were in cadets winter percussion were going to cadets some of them were going to crown so he's just like why are we doing this to benefit somebody else probably but it's still benefiting you but too still, I you're think still getting kids from them. it right but that and the money um yeah and they, they were probably at the time using some of cadets equipment oh yeah they used, <laughs> especially the front yeah it's is, funny they actually used the drums from 13 like the yellow wood stain like drums oh, yeah, yeah. for the deconstructed show so they like took apart the germs and the quads and everything and then we used those same drums at spring training in 16 so they were like falling apart like super mess like <laughs> missing parts and everything it was like wow these carriers weren't put back together this doesn't have a lug this, right <laughs> this quad shell's hauled on by one bolt or something. <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> it reminds me in 2010 we had the uh, the 09 blue star drums but the carrier i got i forget Never found out whose carrier it was, but it was falling apart. I used a broken, messed up old Randall May for all of move-ins in my first summer, getting my butt kicked every day. The post, the Yamaha, or it was Pearl, but it was when Pearl still had posts. Because we were like one of the first groups that used those those like Pearl black wire frame carriers right, yeah. uh, with the J-hooks again. And our new drums we got eventually towards the end of spring training had those. But the ones from 09 still had a post. Just like the Randall May carriers do for Yamaha. Randall May at its finest. Every, at least five times a block, my post would come loose and my drum would just fall off. <laughs> like, we, I'd be, I'd be mid-rep sometimes, my drum would just go, and like, not fall off completely, but like, just drop down like three right, inches yeah. on the carrier. And I would just like, hop out of the rep, like, gotta grab the, the hex key, be right back. Yeah. Put it back together and jump back out. It was so annoying. Uh, a lot of drum corps use beat up old stuff for spring mm -hmm. training until they get their new equipment. Yeah. It's like somehow the the gear from the year before just disappears, and all of a sudden you're using harnesses from like three or four summers. And ago even if it was the out. gear from the year before, Ugh. somehow you you put you do a number on the equipment over the course of a summer. I mean, all that transportation, all that wear and tear. But I I don't know how it was stuff's that beat up. It's just uh, one summer. It's just one summer. I think part of it is whenever we would like bump our drum on something at either group I was in, and even at Rhythm X. We, the joke we all laugh and go get new ones next year <laughs> yeah basically well, yeah like, get new ones next so year. like it's no like one really like one you get in nobody right. nobody cares that much i don't want to say doesn't care but even with the new equipment like you might bump it on something or say you drop your drum a little bit and it nicks the rim oh, whatever get new ones next year yeah, yeah. it's kind of crappy to say that but it's it's true well out of your marching experience i guess what would you say is your most enjoyable summer experience on tour memorable year favorite year i guess i think probably this past summer was my favorite year although it was not the greatest scoring wise yeah um like the whole vibe of the drum line was just super awesome everyone was super cool i didn't not like anyone like everyone was super positive all the time and worked really hard um and you guys were really good right yeah that, that always helps, helps too <laughs> you guys were jamming and umps man 
dude, yeah, like we said, I mean, I would go back if I had to audition this summer, like for drum corps, I would go to cadets for ops. That was my that was my bread and butter when I was in high school. That's what drew me. The first like ever recorded video that I saw on like the internet on my on my dial up slow internet that I it was a three minute video that I would have to load for fifteen minutes to watch. <laughs> and it was a cadets two thousand drumline video. No, two thousand one, I apologize. It was two thousand one. And I was just like, Yes, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yep. But for me it was Cadets two thousand, that Millennium show. Yeah. I was always a big fan of that one. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys, or like you, had a great experience this summer. Uh, hopefully, because we've been speculating dudes, a lot. Yeah, we've been speculating a lot over the past three and a half months about you all in that show and that things that were going on and things and stuff. And just and our like confusion on placements and before I want to get into that, but before we do, how much was Tom around? I have talked a lot about this. Um, to I said a lot about it at the banquet too. But compared to Colin McNutt, it was night and day difference. Like, not to bash anything that Colin was doing. Like, he did a great job with us, and I still really enjoy talking to him. But he would, like, be in the box most of the time and, like, run percussion ensemble and run ensemble. And he wasn't really on the field too much until the last couple of weeks of tour. But Unks was on the field basically every single day that he was on tour. That- like in spring training, on tour, in the heat of Texas, he was there. Flip-flops Grinding on the it. turf. Yes. That's awesome. Did you all know, like... That's kind of how Lee was, though. When Lee was in there, he'd be in the box, tr- but then he'd just get out there and be like, again, go back, I'm do try- it again. <laughs> I'm trying to think back, because that was seven years ago now when I marched for Tom. And that was in that... I feel like he, he did, like, a reassessment period when he left Cadets the first time and was at Blue Stars for three years and then went to Crown for a year or two and then took a year or two off randomly interspaced in there before he went back to Cadets now. I don't think... I'm trying to, he was with us a lot. Like he'd be on on tour and he was around with drumline a lot. He ran. He basically ran ensemble rehearsal yeah. when he was on tour yeah. uh, at the Blue Stars. And then the the worst blocks, not the worst blocks. We always knew we were getting our asses beat when he came to battery sectionals and his shirt came off. <laughs> when he would come out and hit, and that shirt came off. All right, guys, this is gonna suck for three and a half hours. <laughs> but we're gonna get a lot better. And the text would end up just like he would just do it. The text would just throw a tennis ball back and forth, and he would just. Go, 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 go. Right. Add and a set. Yeah. Reset, add a set. Yep. That's his thing right there. Out reset, reset, add a set. Dude, reps get you so comfortable, though. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're getting better, you just, you're getting comfortable with everything. The direction yeah. changes, the drill and the music right. together. and just. That's what it was. The day in particular was around the Atlanta regional time, and there was a chunk of our second chart that was like two, tempo 210, and we sucked at it, and we were afraid of it. So he basically just beat our ass for three hours on that same two tempo 210 chunk for three hours straight. There's but, times to talk, and there's times to just, we're just going to do this. No no talking, yeah. just reps. Yeah, he, he's definitely, he's one of the greats. I don't know if we'll ever get this to happen, more so because of distance, but I would love to sit down with him. Because eventually, that's what we want to do with this. If we can get this to get big enough and get enough attention, I want to sit down. Brian Mason would probably sit down with us Did now. Talk oh, yeah. to Dr. Mason? Dr. Mason would probably sit down with us now. Um I still talk to Tom Rarick a little bit from the Blue Coast. Uh, he actually told me he liked what we're doing. So, what's up, Tom? <laughs> we want to have, have you on sometime. That'd be cool. Um, we'll catch you. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure he's judging a WGI show somewhere up in Ohio at some point. See if we can snag some time with him. But just some of the bigger names. Because they've got the real stories and the real insight. Behind and, the scenes. And between him and I, 
we've met a lot of them. Like I marched for Tom Hunks, Tom Rarick, I know, Mike Jackson, Roger Carter, Lee Bettis, um, Andrew Zach Markworth. Schlicker would be a good one to sit down, Andrew Markworth. Like we want to get, so if any of you guys are listening, contact us. We'll figure <laughs> hit, it out. Hit me up, bro. We'll figure it out. That's cool, man. But so yeah, Tom, legend, glad he's back. Didn't he sign like a three year or five year contract? Yeah, something like that. I'm glad because awesome. like that way people know like he's going to be there. Right. So if I go March Cadets, I could stick it out with him for the long haul if I have two, three years left mm-hmm. to March. And he's going to be there and build that thing up. And I hope that he does. And I hope that he, because he's been around that program for so long, I feel like he has a good relationship or at least knows George Hopkins well enough to be like, when George is like, we should do this. And if it's not a great idea, Tom will say, no, we should not. Oh, do without that. a doubt, Tom <laughs> because does not care that's stupid. Well, we've said, we've said like the guy that taught me to drums, Demond Smith. He was a cadet in the nineties. Eric Ward's a Moorhead guy. I've heard so many stories from Demond because Eric Ward taught the cadets for a long time, was close with Tom and stuff. And, Demond was around a little bit for a couple of years, helping out here and there. But they've got stories. Uh, Tom and George used to butt heads, like battle royale I'm sure they style. Still do. Still kind of do like, that, really. But the members probably don't see half the half of it, right? Because like Demond and Eric were in the staff meetings; yeah. they were in all that stuff. And apparently, those guys used to just like almost throw down on the regular about oh, yeah. how to do things, and obviously a love hate relationship. But well, George is. He likes to try to push the activity, and I respect that. Some of his shows have been great successes. I mean, obviously, like that Zone show was a change, and it was something yeah. fresh and new. It was a great Highly show. successful, worked out great. And then there's other years where you have a swing and a miss, uh, and it's just like, what were you thinking? But <laughs> I guess that comes with trying to, next year. trying to do something creative and subjective in art form. The last few years have been, for me personally, it's just like, you guys execute what you're given at a very high level, but what you're given to me is just like not. I've said it before. I don't know. I would <laughs> my not, favorite no, thing. Yeah. Not my favorite thing. I watch. would not have been happy if the show that you did all summer this summer was the show I got to do for my age out. Mm. I would. I. I didn't. I thought again. You all executed as a core. The core marched really well. The battery was great. Um, the horn line played really well. The guard was good. Like from a technical standpoint, you guys were great. But that show, I think, just held you all back mm. so much. I don't. This would be a good segue into this <laughs> summer specifically. And I'm not. At, we're not asking you to throw anybody under the bus. Don't. How did? What did you think of the show this summer? I actually really liked it. Okay. Um, I think because a lot of what people perceived the show as was like super religious. We want you to basically think you're in church right now, which, I mean, is exactly what the show was. Basically. It's based on Bernstein's mass, right? Yeah, which is exactly what that was. But the funny thing about that, which some people don't know, is Bernstein was an atheist. So he was not religious in any sort of the sense at all. And neither is Hop. He's also an atheist. Okay. So it wasn't like we were trying to push a certain religion or anything like that. We like were just agenda. trying to... Yeah. We were just trying to... Well, I mean, not really we, but this is the design staff was trying to just get people to believe in something, like regain faith in something or try to do that. Um, but as far as the actual show is concerned, I thought it was really cool because it's like a cadet history show. Like they've, the cadets have always been a big proponent of Bernstein's music and they've played this kind of music before many mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, so that was cool being like a part of that. It's probably a big reason 
the cadet's history playing that music at why you all were able to do it i feel like yeah because so many people have trouble getting the rights to bernstein music and yeah that was a big problem this summer too like george and drew shanfield who wrote the book for the brass had to do like weekly meetings with the people at the New York Philharmonic or something. Yeah, like but that. they were very particular. Everything you all yes. were doing, with like we how did... the arrangements are choreographed. Crown got denied one year that I marched. We tried to do a Bernstein piece, and they're like, "Nope, can't do it. We don't like it." Yeah, we were in spring training and still didn't have all the rights for all the music. So, so that roll of the dice, risky, right. risky, but risky. For those of you who saw the show, that's why at the very beginning mm-hmm. of it. They were like, the cadets, in partnership with the New York Philharmonic, like, we had to do specific stuff to actually, like, abide by the rules. And yeah. there was even a couple sets where they were like, uh, we don't like how this is in 5-4. Can you change it? And something like that. So, like, literally down to the nitty-gritty. Wow. Just sending them scores to just come through. And yeah, stuff. exactly. I would imagine, I wonder how much that affected Tom and his writing if they were very impactful on that. Like, you can't do this. Right. It's not. Yeah. Wow. And... I think a lot of that too kind of filters in with some of the comments that obviously we've heard on the judges tapes of you guys, them saying, especially for like the front ensemble, like what you guys are doing is obviously meeting the appropriateness of the piece, but it is limiting what you're able to show us. You may be able to do more, but the arrangement kind of has a cap based on what you're able to do and yeah. maybe, maybe even in other sections too like the brass even like from a like a brass judging like hey i feel like you guys could probably execute things that are more challenging but maybe the content is being limited right which yeah. is cool in a way but also it's just like kind of sucks like, man yeah i think the whole core was affected by that mainly because the choir the added element that yeah no other groups use the eight open mics on the front of the side mm-hmm. field which was a challenge in itself like we struggled with technical difficulties the whole summer basically yeah but wherever there was like a choir moment which is cool like it's innovative and designed really well it's not a horn line or a percussion feature moment which all the groups are doing those kind of things in that kind of space yeah so like the very first couple of edits of the like our first opener not like the first like intro piece but the august day piece there was like three different drum features just interspersed in that that were eventually taken out for like a little choir feature here and there and that's yeah it was like this whole this piece like started off with this huge there was like a snare duet and then a tenor duet and then like a baseline thing and then a full battery thing and then it went in and that was just all axed oh that 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 reminds me of the old tim fairbanks quote if you have a uh, don't ever have a favorite part of the show because it'll get cut yeah (laughs) yep Yep. oh man yeah, I worked on that quad break for so long, and then we got the spring training, and they are like, yep, that's not happening anymore. I was like, damn it. That <laughs> it was sucks. so hard. Bam, 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 yeah, bam, right? <laughs> so what were... Did you all have access to the tapes and stuff after mm-hmm. shows? Mm-hmm. Like, where did the core finish at finals overall, the core? I know the um, percussion was eight. Seven. What were you all getting from judges? What, was, what did the tapes sound like? Why were they... To be as technical as t- technically good as you guys were, why were you getting dogs so much? What were what was the feedback they were giving you? Guys? Well, I didn't really listen to all of the tapes, just mostly the percussion, obviously. You don't yeah, say, as, yeah, <laughs> as a percussionist. Um, but a lot of the times, what the judges were saying were based off of the little inconsistencies, because they would always say like, "We're doing so many things great, like this sounds really good, this is really blended," and then that one thing that sticks out, like it's almost more obvious to hear 
something that's clean and then dirty sometimes than it is dirty all the times, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, that I agree with that because once you get to that point to where it's like truly, truly balanced, the tiniest thing just pops out right. like crazy right. versus something that is... If it's like a little thick the whole time, it's harder to notice. Yeah, and the exposure with like the tuning and stuff. Yeah. If you guys were very exposed uh, in all sections, the, the tenors were up higher than some others like if some of the quads are tuned lower it's going to hide stuff some of the snare lines that we saw were super wet you guys were crystal clear from the front end which is great like when it's in there it's just mm, beautiful mm. and then like those little 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 small things just pop out right and you can hear them from behind the drum line even <laughs> right so but to be honest with you the judges tapes definitely did not correlate with the scores yeah. most of the time. Well, we didn't think we heard the finals tape. We, we he got a hold of your old finals tape state. and the semis yeah. tape, and it was one of those t- times where the judge is just eating it all up, and then eighth number place. on the page eighth place. Right, and that happened like the last half of the season. We would like get off the field and be like, "Wow, it was a great run." Like obviously, there's some little stuff in there, but it's a really good run, and you hear that on the tape. We got like, and even on the finals tape, yeah, I was listening to your guys' podcast. There's like two things on there. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, that's a finals tape. Yeah, that's like a top three drum percussion right. tape right there. Eight what are they doing? Versus other groups that scored higher than you that are just like have moments where it's just complete disaster. Right, and you're like, how did how, well, we watched how? we watched the over the the flow marching stream mm-hmm. for the San Antonio regional, the first regional. You guys were you you had a good run to San Antonio, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, and making sure we didn't miss hear anything because <laughs> that ended, and we watched everybody from like 16th place all the way to the Blue Devils. And hands down, not even close, you all were the best drum line that stepped on that field that night. Better than the Blue Devils, better than Crown, better than everybody. I mean, early season, Mike and I were like, man, they're going to be up there for drum trophy. <laughs> we made our predictions. We were like top sp- three or whatever. We were, like, we were kind of feeling that same way, too. Because yeah. we got to, because there was so much more experience in the line. Like, yeah. The quad line wasn't all rookies. Like, we were just playing so much better. And we're like, oh, we're going to do really well. Yeah. And we did worse. We we thought you all yeah. were going to dominate people. Yeah. And it's not. I remember you all got to your drum feature. It's, you Does that drum feature from San Antonio stick out in your brain as something that was awesome that night? Not really in particular. Okay. It's hard to well, remember. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a long, it's a dumb question, whatever. But we were sitting there and you all got to that part of the show and it was, came across at least as flawless. Like we were sitting there, him, me, Aaron, Aaron Bailey, Bailey, if you ben. know who he is, yeah. Ben Thompson. Uh, we're sitting there watching it. And I think Ben fell off his couch. Like he like just stood up and was like, is it going to get bad at any point? Is it going to get bad? This is a good run. Like it, he floored. It was phenomenal. And then we checked the recaps. We recorded the podcast with Ben that night afterwards and checked the recaps. And was like, uh, eighth place. What? What? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Did, was there ever anything? Again, I've told you before, I'm not really a front ensemble guy beyond like the basic obvious stuff mm-hmm. did, did the were judges saying the front was hurting your all scores was that a reason they were using because i don't know how to evaluate that effectively to know once you're at that level yeah i think the front ensemble skill wise was really good like each individual person could play all the notes and do all the things the only reason it lacked really is because of like the setup of the ensemble like most people have five marimbos and five vibes well we had 10 marimbos and 10 vibes and each person is playing two of them so they're like stacked together and they would play it. So just environmentally, it's a lot harder to clean 10 marimbas than it is 
spot in the room. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if it's not like perfect across, like you're gonna hear it, especially yeah. because it spanned like 35, 40 yards. Yeah. yeah it's a it's a wild setup. It was cool. It was cool. I'd never yeah. seen that, but I was like, what a reason I've never seen anybody do that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Ballsy. Yeah. It's like they're splitting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like runs that would go down the line. That's cool, but lesson learned, hopefully, on that one. Right, Moving yeah. forward, let's not try to do that. think Tom will get Neil Larrabee to come back ever? Uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, ooh, what if it's like return of the old school cadet progression section? Yeah. Because Neil's, Neil is like, is he like running Vic Firth at I this think point? So. Like, like almost essentially of, running yeah. Vic Firth or one of the top guys? Yeah. I don't think he'll come back then. No. If yeah, he's like so running a massive company too like that, right. yeah. Yeah. too too dependent, people rely on that. But who knows? Who knows what happens? But that's good. How man. many age you guys had a great summer? Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. So how many age outs were there? In the we battery? had two on the quad line. Me and then another dude on the NT Marks Matrix. A couple dudes on the snare line. Let me count. So you had Tony, Ben, Nate, Charlie. Probably missing one. I'm just gonna say five because I'm probably base. missing one. Five on the snare line and then two on baseline. That baseline was filthy. They were good, man. That three. baseline was so good. Yeah, three on baseline. Probably Dude, the best, I think that was like, probably Tom the best baseline that summer. Definitely hit like a, the nail on the head, like the best of both worlds. Like his classic like ram notes, but also like mixing in new age stuff. Right. Yeah. So I was like, awesome. the book. The well book done. was really good. Well done. The book was really good. Not that he needs my approval. <laughs> right. Yeah. He needs Evan Worrell's validation. Yeah. Now he can rest easy. Yeah. <laughs> what other what other groups did you get to see? Like, what did you think of? What do you think of the Blue Coats the past couple of years? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> One, two, three, go. That's <laughs> a lot. That's a lot to take in. You're not going to offend me. No, I'm not trying to offend you anyway. I actually auditioned at Blue Coats in fifteen. Yep, after the fourteen summer. Okay. Um, didn't make it past callbacks. So that you was played cool. too hard. Yeah, probably. Um, but I'd always like really liked the I don't vibe. Know, they played pretty hard this summer. Yeah, they did. I liked the vibe of the Blue Coats. I thought their books were always pretty cool. Like when you got when you were in it, I thought it was really cool and it was jamming. And I can't even tell you how many times I watched the drum line from fourteen on YouTube. Just like that was the trying to the tilt, tilt year. Yeah, that was a good drum line. Yeah, just like playing along to it or whatever. Um, but then the past couple of years is where it started to go south a little bit. I think just because of the way that their shows have been developing, where it's like less drum core-y, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's less traditional, yeah. Right. Especially with like the changing uniforms and stuff like that. I just kind of thought that the like badass swagger of it kind of turned down a little bit and like the bando commando turned up a little bit if i can see sense. that like it was more of a hype than it was like trying to be good i think like, like, i can oh, see that because that's like exactly what mike's brother always says because he knows absolutely nothing about drums but he's like but he's been exposed he to always, it. Like, yeah he's been, he's been, been around it obviously shows. he watched me you. perform and indoor outdoor so he knows what's good mm-hmm. and he always liked the, like militaristic uniform like the badass, badass approach like right, you're talking right. about instead of the indoor uniforms, he just think looks he so laughed. stupid. He's like, he, you all just look so dumb. You just took it from something that was could have been cool and made it super dumb. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and this is background. My brother is a football player. has been an athlete his whole life, like super athletically talented, like very. And he's a smart kid too, so he's 
this is somebody that's involved in mainstream stuff like football, sports, you know. And as an outsider, I showed we Evan was at my house one one weekend and we pulled up and showed him. We were sitting there drinking a beer, I think. It was the Madison Scouts uniform. We showed him the Scouts uniform from this past summer. <laughs> and he goes, "What the hell?" Are you guys thinking? <laughs> it looked like Lion King. It's like if you and, and then <laughs> and then we showed him the blue coat show from 2016. And he's like, "This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen." He goes, <laughs> "He was like, you want this to become more mainstream? Is that the goal?" He goes, "This is not the way to go." He goes, <laughs> like he, "You're going the opposite direction." Because he relates it all to marching band halftime at like college football or mm-hmm. something like that, and that's what he references. And he he's like, people can kind of get on the board with that, like. Uh, the Ohio State University does like these cool creative shows that are fun and the drills cool and they got like Superman flying out there and stuff and he's like this is not this is not it he goes he goes he goes guys do a 180 go back the other direction yeah if you want this to become mainstream because it's getting too artsy and it's getting too too he goes you're digging you're p- pigeonholing yourself into a niche even more so than you already are by going that direction I was like hey man I we agree with you 100 percent he goes in the uniforms. The spandex, he goes, no, go back to like the military old guard style with the shako. With he doesn't know they're called shakos, but the hats and the, yeah. the the feathers on top and everything. And he's like, that's what you need to do. It's like I agree, that's what I want to go back to too. But the high school show I was at yesterday in Louisville, well, at least three groups had blue coats esque spandex type uniforms instead of traditional marching band right. uniforms. And I was like, oh god, what it's are you beginning. doing to yourself? Don't do it. What are you doing? Stop. Turn back to the light. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. I think you're going to have drum corps see a little bit of a pullback. Mm-hmm. I think the blue coats went super far in that direction. Yeah. And I think you're going to see next year's summer a pullback Hopefully. to find a middle ground. Oh, More right, yeah. like scouts aren't going to go full on like crazy. Yes. Oh, nah. <laughs> They're going to pull back. You're going to see a little bit of that performance um, stage production quality. But you're also going to have, I think Crown kind of did that well this year. I wasn't a super huge fan of their show, but I liked that they had a lot of that Bluecoats 2016 direction of stage production stuff. But at the same time, they had their moments where they just run and gun. Good band, yeah. Just good drum corps, traditional run and gun, hard music, hard drill, hard hard books. And they did it well. Yeah, Yeah. Jeff Sackett. I think that middle ground is where I think you're going to see it settle over the next couple years. I hope so. That's what I would like to see happen at least. I guess one of the last few things I really want to just briefly touch on is you kind of have like a unique, I guess, experience or drumming because you were born with, uh, was it three hands, thumb, index? Three hands. Or three yes. hands. Three I was fingers. born with three hands. Well, that would Stay be away. awesome, dude. <laughs> no, you just, just two fingers. Two fingers. So yes. left hand, index, middle finger. Yes. You see about half. Half. So from basically like that second joint up right so learning when you started learning how to do like rudimental percussion how did that i guess i won't say hamper but just force you to like where there's certain things where you had to figure out people would say you could do with your right hand but you had to think about it differently with your left at all right yeah i think it was a lot easier than people would imagine because i was born with it so it's not like i had to learn it one way and then like relearn it Mm -hmm. it was just always just like if i picked up a drumstick that was how i was going to hold it like i didn't have to change it yeah um Obviously, back finger fulcrum is a thing. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Playing got some back finger chops for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is nice and definitely helped my cadet experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really not too difficult. 
I wouldn't recommend to really try it, but <laughs> yeah, don't cut your fingers off. <laughs> That's cool though, man. Uh, as far as like your overall percussion ability, like when you play four mallets, uh-huh. like Burton Stevens, is it hamper that? Yeah, in? definitely. I have to play like traditional mallets, which sucks a lot. Okay. The like cross grip. Yeah. So yeah. Bur- so vibe Burton grip. Yeah, I have to do traditional. Okay. I can't hold. I literally can't hold it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a girl uh, that was, I think she was a section leader for Vanguard recently who had to do that. She played Stevens in one hand and Burton in the other because she only had, I want to say she did, she was missing like an entire finger. Mm-hmm. And so she was like the section leader for Vanguard. That's cool. But she had to play Burton Grip in one hand. So I think it's awesome that people don't let things like that just deter, deter turn them away from. It's like, I'm just going to do this, whatever. Right. I'll figure it out. And then there's other people like, I want to be great, but they just don't practice. Just practice stuff. You'll, you'll figure it out. Dude. Right, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Yep. So I also want to ask, compare, because we've said before, like the high school marching band scene, especially from a marching percussion standpoint, in Kentucky is not good. It's just not. It's, how, how does it come? Is, is it, and, I, and relative to the entire nation, it's not. Relative it's, to the it's big not picture, the standard, that's it's, sure. not, it's not that great. Is, is this just us being... Comparing it to drum corps yes. excellence, or? or is where you were from in New Jersey in the Northeast is is the average higher now that you've been in Kentucky and seen? Well, I haven't really seen too much of Kentucky high school because I've only been here for my time at Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, but just experiencing like where I'm at right now and where I was, I don't think it's really too different. Like my high school was probably on the same level, if not maybe a little worse as Central, just because I don't. Yeah, I really know. Well, you're also like in in the grand scheme, I guess for comparison, like you're working at Madison Central doing your student teaching. That's a program that has won back to back to back state championships at the highest division of this state. Like that's, I guess you would consider the best band in the state the last three years. So you're saying it's about even as far as the skill level and talent. But in your state, did you guys produce and finish on that level yeah we were okay. also like three-time state champions okay cool we did that soon good to know i guess california is just like a different planet than yeah it. california and texas and indiana are just anomalies in the yeah. marching band world i don't think a lot of the indiana's got some good drum lines but i don't think indiana marching percussion is on the level that texas and california is no but i'm just talking about marching band oh, okay overall big picture yeah. they have some great groups like avon for sure for sure and stuff center 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 Grove, Center Grove there in Indiana. Yeah, sure. yeah they're pretty good. <laughs> did, you, did you ever march indoor? Uh, I did one year in high school, my senior year. Okay, is that just because you just there wasn't one close enough to do, or yeah. you just because I know when when I we were at Moorhead, guys in the studio weren't allowed to do indoor because you had to miss too much of stu- studio related stuff. Yeah, they I had rehearsals on the weekends for percussion. Yeah, I think Doctor Mason changed that. Yeah, and guys can do indoor mm-hmm. now. Yeah, he was a little more lenient with it. Yeah, that's cool. There's not really unless you want to like. Evan and I drove up to Rhythm X. It's still a pretty good, pretty good hike to get right. up there every weekend. There's not really you have Tate's Creek indoor. It's like an oak. Well, they're world class, but besides that, there's a group in Louisville, or right outside uh, Innovate, Innovate. Yeah, that I think they finished sixth in open last year. They're they they're working their way up. They're working their way up. For, they're for staying in their lane. They're they're doing their thing. I I said years ago Tate's Creek should have stayed in open. I don't think they ever should have gone to world. I just. I, don't, I think it's they're in the, they're in the middle of a hotbed like they don't MCM is just to the south Matrix uh, 
Rhythm X is to the north, and then it's a little bit to the west. There's like Gateway and stuff. So it's just like so whenever, there's all these very established groups right around that just pull away. So every time them. they'd have members that would get good enough, they'd they would leave right groups. away and go right. to one of those groups that are like a two or three hour drive away. And that's what we did. Like we did. And they just needed to, if accepted, they're an open class group. They're going to succeed. They they, were, they did pretty well, did fairly well a lot of years we met them. as an we open met class them. group. That's nice. I don't, I don't know why they insisted, but whatever. That's neither here nor there at this point. Nope. Well, I think we've covered. Do you have anything else you want to ask him? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, man. Just yeah. kind of rolling around, roaming around <laughs> yeah. in the old bando world. What do you think? Up. What do you think of indoor? Do you think it's cool? Like, do you? I think it's cool. It's not necessarily my thing, really. We're on the same I page. Guess, That's how I guess because I've page. only done it once. Um, like, I never really got too into it. Like before college really i never really cared about the scores even like i wouldn't really look it up i had never really been exposed to it so I just that's how i was there was right. no indoor in louisville when i was in high school there was no nothing so indoor's not as big in the northeast i guess e- right either as it is yeah. midwest yeah there was like one group from new jersey that did like some wgi like regional stuff it's just like dartmouth yeah. are they where are they are, massachusetts massachusetts but yeah old bridge high school old bridge like, okay yeah I've heard old bridge. Mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah, I guess I was just never exposed to it yeah. and fell in love with the outdoor band thing. But I'm uh, I'm actually teaching uh, audio theater indoor now out of how, Clarksville, how far Tennessee, is that? like two hours. Okay. It's not far. Had two you hours from that? or Lexington? Um, two hours from Lexington. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the One of the coordinators, well, actually a number of the staff was on staff at Colts when I was there and made their way over to Cadets this year when we did that like visual change. Cool. So yeah. And he had just like pestered me about doing it because he knew I lived in Kentucky, <laughs> and they were looking for a new quad tech. So, give a little plug there for yeah. your own indoor group. Have you all had auditions yet? Nope. When are they? Don't know. Don't know. Look it up on the website. It'll probably be on their website. Is it Clark Audio Theater? Clarksville. Yeah. Clarksville Audio Theater. All right. We were in Louisville. There's enough enough indoor brains at this point that have experience in the activity, um, and Jared Andrews, who we also want to sit down with. At some point, he's back and moved back to Louisville. You know, I'd is. love to talk mm-hmm. to Jared, but he's a uh, he. He went to Moorhead, right? He did go to Moorhead. Another guy. He's been running the Blue Devils, basically the drum he's line for like the last like oh, cool. ten years. They he live in Southern California. Guy. He's like super big. He's yeah. tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. March quads at Cadets. Yeah, and yeah. Blue Devils. Okay. He uh, he's back in, in here now, and he worked with RCC for a long time too when he lived out there. And there's a couple high schools in Louisville that have. Resources. The, the resources and the potential for a scholastic group. The talent and personal space. So there's enough. Like, you've got, like, Evans in Lexington here. I'm in Louisville. You've got um, he lives Jared in Andrews lives Barstown? in Barstown? It's like County? 10 minutes from Louisville. Yeah. It's right down right down I 65, I think. And there's – you got Justin Fisher as a local guy in Lexington. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um there's enough creative, there's, there's talented n- minds around. You could yes. put something together if people decided they wanted to. If you put together a pretty good scholastic indoor line out of Louisville. Had the time and out of Jefferson County. But magically fit the puzzle pieces together. Yeah, we'll right. see. But we'll see. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming and hanging out. Yeah, yeah it was nice meeting you. Yeah, definitely. For sure. We have to hang out again soon. Yeah, outside of uh, recording space. <laughs> yeah, right outside of our Then we can all say what we really mean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do a pretty good job of that on my Relying own. Relying on everything. Well... Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, 
Check us out on Facebook.com slash Aged Out Podcasts. Give us the like, follow, all the all that normal jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram at Aged Out Podcasts. There's no space between the words. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel that you are currently watching. This if you have song. any questions or something you want us to talk about, comments, feedback. Yeah, we will we will answer whatever questions you might have. You can post on the Facebook group. You can email us at agedoutpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, we'll address any questions. Other than that, We'll see everybody in a couple weeks. Peace.